57% of Canadians do not believe or are simply unaware that human trafficking is happening in our community. That's according to new research by the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking. There is a crucial need for more public education about the issue of human trafficking. And joining us to help shed some light on the issue this morning is Julia Dridek, who is the Executive Director of the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking. Hi, Julia. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here today. Appreciate it because I know this is something that, you know, we, we try to put the message out there and, and yet people think, this is Calgary, this is Alberta, this is Canada. It's not happening here, but it is. It really is. Um, and even research that we issued earlier this year shows that it's taking place in every community across Canada. In fact, traffickers are even systematically moving victims from city to city to be able to reap high profits and keep their victims isolated and dependent on them. It's interesting, Julia, because, you know, when we see, for example, uh, you know, a break-in, uh, you can see proof the door crashed through or a window broken. We can see signs of a lot of crimes. But this uh, here, when we talk about human trafficking, might be hard to spot. So what are uh, a few of the signs we can see that human trafficking is happening? What, what should we look for? You're right. The signs are often very nuanced, and it's usually not just one. But we're looking for people with a sudden change in behavior, appearance, maybe a new boyfriend or friend. All of a sudden, maybe they've got expensive gifts and clothes that you just can't quite explain. But they're also withdrawing. They're not telling people what they're doing. Um, They're providing canned answers. Um, They're really um, being secretive about their whereabouts. Um, And they might also be showing other signs of physical abuse as well. So it's something that's that's hidden. It's very well hidden. Give us some stats that maybe will be a little bit eye-opening to people who are listening this morning about how, how much we know of human trafficking. Do you have anything specific to Alberta, in fact? We don't have anything specific to Alberta yet, but we will. So as the operator of the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline, we are able to collect anonymized and confidential statistics on what we're seeing across Canada. Um, And so we know in just the very first year of operating the hotline, we identified 415 cases of human trafficking across Canada Canada that involved nearly 600 individual victims. Um, And again, this is taking place in every province and every territory across Canada. While we do see that there are some male and trans folks being trafficked overwhelmingly, this is a crime that is affecting young women and girls. So 90% of victims are Canadian women and girls. Wow. And you need some clarity here, Julia, because something that you said struck uh, me and stuck out to me that was not knowing. When I heard the term human trafficking, I thought, you know, that these girls were taken from their homes, maybe to a new city, maybe to another country, kind of to a certain extent kidnapped. But it sounds like with with what you're saying, that is not the case. It can happen in their community or just on the other side of town. Absolutely. So these are, again, um, overwhelmingly Canadian women and girls. Um, They're coming from rural and urban communities, um, and they're being lured and groomed by people that position themselves as someone they can trust. So often we see the Romeo pimp, someone who's positioning themselves as a boyfriend and a love interest, who love bombs them, showers them with everything they ever wanted, and then uses that as collateral to coerce and exploit them into the commercial sex trade. 
So we need to remember it's not sort of that, that as, as we see maybe in the movies or on television, right? It can look very different. Has COVID changed what human trafficking looks like right now? Has it, you know, has it evolved because or due to COVID at all? We are seeing some trends in terms of how it's adapted. And um, this is the other thing, traffickers will adapt. Um, so um, with the lockdowns and the pandemic, we didn't see any decrease in the prevalence of human trafficking in Canada. We did see a little bit more uh, luring and grooming online. Um, so especially as our youth are now spending more time on their screens and social media, traffickers have picked up on that and are using that as a way to connect with um, and, and identify potential victims. But we're also seeing a move towards more remote sexual activities. So um, webcams, um, those types of things. So while we normally associate human trafficking with online escort ads taking place in hotels and motels, this is actually increasingly happening in homes behind closed doors. Incredible. Let's uh, let's talk about, you know, Canada and, and compared with other countries across the globe, because I know this is an international issue. Are we doing enough federally? Uh, is the federal government doing enough to, to really look at legislation, to look at clamping down on this issue? The federal government is doing a pretty good job. Um, they also have a five-year strategy. Um, so they really are trying to work across ministries to come up with a coordinated response. Where we're seeing gaps is at the provincial level. Um, and that's also where those programs and services are being funded, both around prevention, but also for those incredibly important supports when someone is trying to exit. What we would like to see is every province take on a strategy to end human trafficking that aligns with the federal government. Um, and we're really looking forward um, to, to hearing what's happening in Alberta. Um, we know there's a task force right now um, that is uh, working on some recommendations. So we're, we're staying tuned and eagerly awaiting um, the Alberta government to also step up. Julia, we know obviously this is a worldwide problem, but it's one that's happening in our own country. Andy and I both have teenage girls at home. If we can bring it a little closer to home as to what we as parents, what we as a community can do, what are we looking for in our teenagers and what could, what could, how do we teach them to be aware of what's going on as well? So much of this comes down to the very basic principles of healthy relationships. Love should never come at a cost. And often traffickers use similar tactics um, or it looks similar to other forms of domestic or intimate partner violence. So really, we need to be keeping those lines of communication open with our kids, our teenagers, and our youth. We also need to let them know that they are loved unconditionally. There is so much shame and stigma that comes along with sex trafficking in Canada. And traffickers use that to create wedges between our young people and their parents and their communities. So really just making sure that we're keeping those open lines of communication and looking for those signs of incredibly toxic and unhealthy relationships. What about, you know, I, I know that nobody wants to be the nosy neighbor, but uh, how about the vigilance of neighbors? Because as you mentioned, Julia, this is happening more so even at homes behind closed doors. Do we, uh, you know, go to the authorities if we see something that looks a little out of order on our street or around the corner? You know, if anyone is in a, like immediate urgent uh, danger, they should call 911. But if you're seeing something that just feels off, maybe seems a little suspicious out of the ordinary, I really encourage people to call the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-833-900-1010. We can walk people through the various signs and indicators of human trafficking, talk about how you might be able to approach the issue with your neighbours or community members, but also look at safety planning. 
Because while emotional and psychological abuse is used to propagate human trafficking in Canada, so is physical violence. It can be incredibly dangerous for those involved. So we can help work with people to find the safest and most appropriate ways um, to be able to either alert it to authorities um, or to be able to, to provide support to those potential victims in need. Thanks so much for educating on us, uh, educating us on this this morning, Julia. Appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Uh, Julia Dridick is the executive director of the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking. And I just wanted to point out, uh, I've worked with this organization closer to home here in Calgary. There's a, a, an organization called Reset Society of Calgary that also deals with sexual exploitation and trafficking. And they're at resetcalgary.ca if you want some local information. There are resources mm-hmm. out there, folks. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.